Hey, this is Sammy Flores. I'm the pastor at Coin Church in Chino, California, and this is our podcast. I'm so grateful you're tuning in. I hope this encourages you and calls you to more because you were made for more. Here's our latest message. This small, still voice, sometimes loud at moments and sometimes really quiet, and there's this voice inside that says, there is more. There is more to live in. There is more to pursue. There is a dream. There is a hero inside of you. And that you're called to more. That I know there's many times you go to church and you're like, oh, here we go. Telling me that I, I'm not good enough. or Telling me that I, I've sinned a lot. Telling me that I, if I don't repent, I'm going to die and go to hell. And although some of that is a reality to look and think about, there is this reminder that you step into places of faith and it's this condemnation. But I, I want to encourage you that you are called to more. You are called to think deeper. You are called to have more hope. You are called, and I want to encourage you to step out of darkness into light. You are called to be reminded that there is something inside of you that has given you life and breath. And so if you want to turn with me to the book of 2 Kings, chapter 2. There's this man named Elijah, not to be confused with Elisha. So I'm going to be saying those names a lot, okay? So track with me here. Elijah and Elisha. You see, in the Old Testament, what God would use is a mouthpiece to speak to his people. And they would call these people prophets. Some were greater, some were lesser, but all could hear God and speak to kings and speak to communities and speak to people on behalf of God. And there was this man named Elijah that had created something so powerful in the name of God that he would speak and fire would come down from heaven, that he would speak and rain would come down from heaven. And it was always in opposition of other gods to demonstrate the power of God. And then Elijah found himself running in fear and he found himself sitting and an angel would visit him and give him bread. And then he could find God in the whirlwind of fire and of wind. And Elijah had seen miracle after miracle after miracle of God just showing up and showing off. And then he had this, this, this person, this predecessor next to him, this uh, mentoree, and his name was Elisha. And you see, Elisha just wanted to be in the room with Elijah because everywhere the prophet of God would go, there God was. Every room that he would step into, every space that he would step into, God was right there. And so Elisha didn't want to miss it. In every moment, he didn't want to miss it. And so it says this in verse 1 of chapter 2 of 2 Kings. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, stay here. The Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of the prophets at Bethel came out to Elisha and asked, do you know that the Lord is going to take your master, Elijah, from you today? Yes, I know, Elisha replied, so be quiet. Then Elisha said to him, stay here, Elisha, the Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he replied, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. The company of the prophets at Jericho went up to Elisha and again asked him, do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, he replied, so be quiet. Then Elijah said to him, stay here, the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. As he replied, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on 
50 men from the company of the prophets went and stood at a distance facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up, and struck the water with it. The water divided to the right and to the left, and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me, what can I do for you before I'm taken from you? Elisha said, let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah said, yet if you see me when I'm taken from you, it will be yours, otherwise it will not. Meaning, I'm not sure if it's gonna be yours. That's up to God. As they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and of horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha saw and cried out, my father, my father, and the chariots and the horsemen of Israel. And Elisha saw him no more. Then he took hold of his garment and he tore it in two. Elisha then picked up Elijah's cloak that had fallen from the ground and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. He took the cloak that had fallen from Elijah and he struck the water with it. Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah, he asked. And when he struck the water, it divided to the right and to the left, and he crossed over. You see, Elisha had the audacity as he was in every moment, powerful moments, moments of miracle, moments of power, moments where fire and where wind would come down. Elisha had the audacity to ask Elijah, well, when you go, I want what you have on you and I want double. You see, I don't want to just be a mediocre follower of God. I want to step into rooms and not just see what you've done, Elijah. I wanna see what even greater things. So Elijah, you're asking what I want. I want a double portion of your spirit. I want double. I don't want just simple. I don't want just what you have. I want more. And Elijah replies, well, you're asking a hard thing. In other words, hey, that's not, that's not mine to give. But yet he had the audacity to ask him that. You see, he then goes up, he takes the cloak, and he's not sure if the God of Elijah will move in his life. You see, because he's been following Elijah, but he's been following Elijah because he's been following God. And so he takes his cloak and he says, where is the God of Elijah? And he strikes it down. And God intervenes and God moves and God sees what he's asking for with audacious tenacity and he moves on his behalf. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden something shifts into Elijah and it's the spirit of God, not just what Elijah had, but more. You see, I believe that a lot of us live our lives on a borrowed faith. I really do believe that what happens when we come to faith or 30 years down in faith, we look to people, we look to a pastor, we look to a mentor, we look to a teacher, and all of that is good as Elisha followed Elijah, but there has to come a moment in your life where you no longer borrow other people's faith, where that faith becomes your own. You see, Elisha made a decision. He said, you know what? I, I, I've been following Elijah. He was my master. And, and that, that, that time and culture, that language, he was my rabbi. He was my teacher. And I have given my life to follow him. And so God, I don't want to follow the God of Elijah because he's no longer here. And I'm stepping into my own faith now. I don't know if that's you. 
it's been me for a while. And what happens was there was a transition into my life where I was raised and born in church and I, I understood the language and I, and I knew the scriptures and I understood the passages and I knew the Bible, but I, it was not my own faith. It was borrowed from my parents. It was borrowed from my brothers. It was borrowed from the pastor that would speak. It was borrowed from the person that would speak into my life because you see, they had such wonderful faith and I just wanted that faith. And so I would get as close as I possibly could, not realizing that God was asking me to step into my own faith, to own my own faith. There must come a time where you, we stop getting carried by other people's faith and we have our own. There has to come a time where you know who God is because he is your God and not your parents' God or your brother's God or Elijah's God. You must know God you're on yourself. But we all want to get to that place. Unfortunately, we are not willing to travel that journey. From Gilgal to Bethel to Jericho to Jordan. I don't know if you caught what was happening in the story, but Elisha decided not to stay behind. He had something in him that was calling him to more. And even though his mentor, his rabbi, his teacher, his master was telling him, giving him the way out, Elisha, stay behind. He said, no, no, no. Where, as long as the Lord shall live and you shall live, Elijah, I will go. I'm going with you. And I refuse to stay behind. I refuse to play it safe. I refuse to just kind of sit and ride the bench and be called on whenever I'm called on. I am deciding to make ownership of my own faith and I'm going to chase after the God of Elijah, but really the God that I want to serve because he is my God. The prophets knew something and the prophets knew what God was doing. It's interesting that the prophets were saying, do you know, Elisha, that the end of the road for you is near. They would tell him in every city, in Jericho, they would tell him in Gilgal, they would tell him in Bethel, the prophets would come because the prophets could hear from God and they, they had a sense that something was shifting and that Elijah's time was up and that God was gonna take him off into a chariot because of the work that he'd done, God was gonna honor Elijah because he had a really tough time on earth. He was forced out of his home place by a lady named uh, Crazy, crazy, crazy woman. Uh, Jehud and Jezebel. And they couldn't stand him. They hated him. They wanted him dead. And so he would flee as many times as he possibly could. And there were moments when he left because God said to. And then he comes back and he brings fire on the other prophets and the other gods. And he's so afraid because they want his head, the kings. And then he decides to, after seeing the power of God, to run from them. You see, I do believe that there are moments in our life where we have to own the power of God. We have to own the goodness of God. You see, Elijah's life was only validated by Elijah's life. Isn't that interesting? That all of your investment, Elisha, Elisha is coming to an end. So why don't you just throw in the towel? Why don't you just give, why don't you just plan your life and make it very simple and make it very easy. Why don't you just organize every five years or three years or two years and just play it safe? And God was even encouraging through Elijah, it's okay to stay. Elisha said, no, I have the audacity to move forward. I do not want to play it safe. I know you are calling to me to more. I, I'm calling myself to more and I wanna step in the power and the goodness and the wonder of God. 
So you have to ask yourself this. How many times has God invited you to stay where you are because you're not ready to take on more than you have? I often think about this when I think of the story of Elijah and Elisha. I wonder how many times God is just waiting for me to say, I want more. I I can handle more, God. I don't care what they say or what she says. I don't care what anyone encourages me in because I know the God of Elijah and the God of Elijah, I actually am following. And so it is my own faith and I have to decide right now that I'm not gonna play it safe, that I'm gonna step into discomfort, that I'm gonna step into risk, that I'm gonna step into incredible, mysterious lifestyle. I'm going to move into the unknown because that's where God is. And so you have to ask yourself, like I have in moments of my life, God, are you waiting for me to say I want more? Or are you just kind of waiting to play it safe and then when God says, okay, do this, then you do that? Or, Or are you trying to say, God, I know you're way over there and I'm just trying to get to you. I know you're far ahead. I know you're moving and you're shifting and you're changing atmospheres. You see, because I I really do believe this is the dilemma in my soul right now. I mean, we have stepped into a dream with Coin Church. And the, the honest reality is we could play it really safe. We could choose not to do this. We could choose not to rally people back around. We could choose to say, you know what? Why don't we just kind of relax and just wait till all of this ends? Or we can step into something that is completely unknown and rely on the God that serves us and serves our heart, serves our, the God that changes atmospheres. That's the God that I want to serve. That's the God that I want to chase. I wonder how many times there are people that are invited to stay, but say, I will not stay. I choose not to stay. I choose to move. Do we really want the standard of mediocrity to be the standard of our faith? I'm in a very weird season of my life because I know I'm like pushing the precipice of like 30. I'll say that because I know I'm younger. I'm like 27, but I'm almost at 30. And I feel like there are moments, I'll be honest, where I should have not started a church because so many people said you're too young. I remember a person of faith that I really admired, that I honestly would invest my, my, my thought in and in, in some of my faith into. And I sat with this individual and I said, I, I'm, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna step out and I'm gonna go start this church. And I don't care, we don't have the finances. They say you need 50,000, I don't have 50. They say you need 30, I don't have, we don't have anything. We're just gonna start it. We're gonna start it in a backyard. And the person looked at me and said, there is no way you can start a church in a backyard. And I had to make a decision Should I just stay and play it safe? Or should I choose to follow where God is going? I really do believe God is asking you that and he's okay with whatever the outcome is. I just don't want to live my life and be in my 70s and my 80s hopefully and be able to look back on my deathbed and say, man, I wish I would have followed Elijah. I wish I would have followed the call of God. I wish I wouldn't have just played it safe and sat behind. I wish I would have decided to go in my parents' living room and then move to the backyard and not have a plan. I wish I would have stepped into more and found a building. I wish I would have done something miraculous with my life so that people can see the power of God. I wish that I could help just another person, but I chose to take the bench. I chose to play it it safe. There's a couple guys here that play basketball with us. <laughs> Ahmad, Lorenzo, Marky, he's coming soon, Richie. 
James, Brendan, Nelson, there's a couple guys, we, we play basketball on Saturdays and it's like the highlight of my week. And I, I know I'm gonna get a little personal and it's kind of silly, but, but here's the illustration. I really do believe when, when crunch time comes on the basketball court, I try to just get in people's head. That's my thing. I, I might not be the strongest. Nelson will box me up and it's over. And, and it's, I, it's, I, I just, I'm really embarrassed. And then there's guys like Brendan that would just shoot over me over and over and over again. But when, when it becomes crunch time, I have found myself that I'm so afraid to be the one that handles the ball to take the last shot. Richie's not. And I have found myself in this dilemma, even on the basketball court as I go home and as I drive and as I lay down, as I think about playing basketball. And I, and I always tell myself, why are you so afraid to risk? You see, it's because we're afraid to fail. I want to get so comfortable with failure that I can look it in the face and say, I will defeat you every single time, not because of my own merit, because of the God that I serve. I can step into places of battles and, and, and I can see the battle and I can fight and become stronger than the battle. And you see, we want to face the battle just because we want the battle to be over. But the problem and the honest truth of life is there will always be a greater, greater battle. There will always be a greater fear. There will always be something to sit back and say, I'm just gonna play this safe. But you see, I, I really do believe that the basketball scenario can really transcend into life where we choose to live a life that is just so simple and easy and it's like you just read it in a book. And I just choose not to live that life because I really do believe that God sees the audacious tendency to say, I want a double portion. I know, Elijah, you're telling me to stay. I will go with you wherever you go. I know that I am not good enough. I know I'm not talented enough. I know I'm too young. I know I don't have enough experience, but there's something inside of me that is calling me to more. And I have to listen to that voice because I just believe on the other side of it, God will open up waters and I can step through rivers. I can step through challenges only because I'm following God. You see, you have to refuse to stay behind. At every place, Gilgal, Bethel, Jericho, Jordan, it would have been so easy for Elijah to say, to stay with the company of prophets. And I think about this, track with me here. Why would God encourage Elijah that hears his voice to tell Elisha, stay? It's all right, man, like my time has come. Why don't you just stay, Elijah? You can chill in Jericho. You can chill in Gilgal. You can chill in Bethel. You can stay, Elijah. Why would God allow Elijah to encourage him in that if God knew the potential of the double portion? And I just believe that God puts something in us that allows the opportunity to choose to say, play it safe, which is okay, or to follow God in the unknown. And I really do believe that God has to give you that opportunity because he doesn't force you. He doesn't, he doesn't force you to do anything. He won't tell you to go do that and force your hand on it. He'll drop something into your soul. He'll call you to more. It's a small little dream of something greater in your life. And you have to be willing to say, whatever it takes, 
I want to step up and move forward. You see, is it possible that someone else can, the thing that I believe Elisha says is someone else can stay behind, but I'm stepping forward. And I've chosen to make that a declaration over my life. And here's the encouragement. If you decide to step into the community of coin, I want to encourage you on something. We will always call you to more. We will always tell you that there's something more in you. We will always tell you that you can step into unknown circumstances and realize that the God of Elijah is the God that wants to be your God. That you don't have to borrow someone else's faith, that you can own up your own faith and realize that God can open up rivers and move mountains as you step forward in uncertainty. I just want to encourage you that you have more hope, that there is more grace, there is more love for God to give to you, that you don't have to have all the answers in order to step forward. You don't even have to have all of the understanding of the scriptures. You just have to know that God can move and God is calling you and God loves you and he's given you grace and he's given you a spirit within you to call you, to woo you to more. As you see, I bet Elisha crossed back from the Jordan River and all of the prophets, 50 of them, by the way, they followed Elijah and Elisha because they knew that his time was coming. And the scripture says that they stopped a good distance from the Jordan and they watched. And Elijah and Elisha were the only ones that crossed as Elijah struck the water with his cloak and they walked through the Jordan. The 50 prophets stood back and watched all of it. And as Elisha grabbed the cloak and owned it and he performed a miracle, the same miracle that Elijah just did, I wonder if all of the prophets or some of the prophets, I probably would have been one of them, would say, why Elisha? Man, I wanted that. Why does he get to have that opportunity? Why does he get to have all of that, that, that encouragement and see the life? Why does he get to see powerful miracles? Why not me? You see, I believe the difference between someone that can see the power of God move and someone that can play it safe and not really ever see the power of God move is to choose to not continue to follow God. And when you follow God, I wanna make it really clear. It's not a life of really just easy-go-lucky. If that is the type of faith you're experiencing, I'm sorry, that's not the faith that Jesus called his disciples to. All of them pretty much died. All of them were willing to say, I will follow God wherever he calls me. I will go and start another church in Rome. I will go to India. I will go to all of the places in Mesopotamia and modern day Turkey. I will step in and I will have conversation and I will remind people that all the other gods are saying something, but there's this one God of the unknown that has so much power to change your life if you would only allow him to but it's not a life of simplistic mediocrity, but you can choose it to be. You see, I'm convinced that this is what God is looking for. He's not looking for the most talented or the most able or the most educated. He's not looking for those that have it all together. I really do believe that he's just looking for the insane, audacious people to say, I volunteer, I'll go. Hey, if no one else goes, like Joshua and Caleb, if all of the other guys are too afraid, I'll step up. 
Because I just believe that I want to be where God is. And, and, and yes, I understand God's here with the prophets and in the city and, and, and just kind of relaxing and playing it safe. But I want to be and live a life that is so exciting. I've really thought this through. I, I, I think about the future all the time. I think like 10 years out, five years out, three years out, and I try to plan all of it. You can ask my wife. I literally methodically think about every little thing in our future, our finances, the jobs, the careers, the opportunities. Should I go back to school? Should I not? Should I step into this? Should I, should I, should I do something completely different than I'm doing but still like hold on to this dream? I, I, I'm so confused at times, but the problem is there are so many different voices telling me that I can't but there's one voice that says you can. There's one voice that says that you have more in you, you have more strength in you, you have more ability in you, and it's not on your own merit, it is on the spirit of God within you to call you to a place of risk and uncertainty. I'm encouraged by even Brendan. Brendan's in the back on the, on the board right here, and, and, and I'll never forget, he, his dream was to be in Chino as a teacher, history teacher. And he was at another district and he, he asked the question, should I even transfer over? It's like, right, the opportunity has presented itself and it's like staring me in the face and I can't stop thinking about it. I don't know what to do. And, and I was just, it was just a simple encouragement of like, hey man, it's not always a life of simplistic, honest, this is how it is, cookie cutter. It's a life of risk. And it's up to you if you want that, that, that life and that journey. And so he stepped into the unknown and he took this opportunity and it has been a whirlwind of frustration. But yet, Brandon was willing to say, I serve the God of the unknown. And everyone else can say, I can't do it. And there might even be voices within me that say, I can't do it. But there's also a voice that says, no, there's more in you. You can do more. You can achieve more. You can dream bigger. And I don't know about you, but I just want to, when I get to the end of my life, because I'm still like just right in the beginning, I want to always call myself and I would hope and encourage that you would call me and I would call you to something so much more than just a simple, easy life. Great risk, and yet now he's stepping into his dream. And that, that takes an opportunity to say, I'm not sure if this is going to work. I don't know what this looks like for my finances, but this is the dream that I feel God is calling me to. And I must step into that uncertainty. Macy, you can come on up or I'll just keep talking. <laughs> you see, Elisha refused to stay in Gilgal. He refused to stay in Bethel. He refused to stay in Jer Jericho. And while those were watching, he walked through the Jordan because he was, exa he was exactly where God was. And now it's almost as if I hear the voice of God say, come, follow me. I hear Jesus' voice. Come, follow me. Come, follow me. And I've learned, I'm grateful I've learned this in my younger years. That there have been moments in my life where Jesus has said, come, follow me. And it has been in the present where I needed like a momentary fix. I had issues, I had problems, I was broken and I needed God to fix me. And so I would accept his invitation. But I've realized as I've gotten older and I've realized as I've stepped into places of really deep uncertainty, I'm beginning to get really comfortable in this very mysterious unknown space. And I could almost hear Jesus not calling me to the present, but he's calling me from the future. And he's saying, come, follow me. Come, 
follow me. I will take you on a journey of a lifetime if you would allow me to. I will take you into places that you could never dream or imagine if you would have the audacity to say, I will not stay, I will go. And I want to encourage you here that he's calling us into a future because he knows the future. That he's calling us because, as Nelson would encourage Maggie last Sunday, God is like above time. He's not confined to here or to now or today or tomorrow or yesterday or five or ten years. He is beyond space and he is beyond time. He's actually more than time. He defines time. And so he can see every decision that we choose to make. And yet the crazy thing is he still will tell me, he'll still be that one voice to say, you can do it. Yeah, I know that you did that in the past. I'm over that, Sammy. You're not. Get over it. Stop playing the victim. I know that you don't have that degree or this experience. I know that you're just a young lad. Stop telling yourself you can't do it. When I am on your side, nothing is impossible. And so we have to remind ourselves that God will always tell us that we can do it. In fact, God believes in us before we ever believe in ourselves. So you want to know if God is speaking to you? He's that voice that will always call you to more. You want to know if you've ever heard the voice of God? Have you ever had a moment in your life where you knew you had more in you, where you knew there was something inside of you that said, I can do more, I can be, I can step into something and I can dream and there's this small voice that says, when everyone says I can't, there's a small voice that says you can. And that is the voice of God. Because he's so great. I love that we get to be outside in nature and feel the wind and see all the colors experience and sometimes endure the heat and we can hear the birds and we can hear the plane and we can stand and be in awe of the outside world but the crazy thing is sometimes inside we're so incredibly broken and there's no color it's like you're walking around and you see color all around and everyone's happy and everyone's having a good time and Sammy's saying to step out and to step into the dream but I like can't see it because all I see is black and white that's because what is internal is what's most important. And that internal process, that internal brokenness is the very space that God wants to be invited into. And that's why he says, come, follow me. Come, follow me. I will take you on a journey so that you can see color for the first time. If you pray with me, close your eyes if there's any person here in this space that has never stepped into that reality or maybe you're hearing the voice of God and you've always heard the voice of God maybe you're in a place right now where you feel you you should just play it safe maybe you're in a place right now where you need to be reminded that there is that one voice that says that you can do more and have more and the power of God is inside of you maybe you're just in, in a place of so much turmoil because tomorrow you have no idea of I just want to encourage you that God is already in the future calling us. He wouldn't call us if he didn't know that we could do it. But he knows we can't do it because he's with us so he knows we actually can do it. 
So if you're, if you're in this space and you wanna step into that place of unknown certainty, if you wanna make that declaration that, Jesus, I'm, I'm saying yes to that invitation, if that's you, would you just raise your hand just really quickly so I could see it and I could pray for you and I could think of you. And, and as you raise your hand, God sees it. It's not so much for me to see it, it's for God to see it. Maybe you've been in a place where it's time to step up. And if that's you, I wanna pray for you. So Jesus, we pray for every person in this place, God. I, I pray that you would remind them of who you are. God, I pray that you would remind them that there is always something more that you are calling us to, Father. I pray, God, that we would choose and be a type of community that does not play it safe or sit on the bench, but that is always willing to say yes, not to man, but yes to you. So speak, Father, move, God. Change our hearts from the inside out. In your name we pray. Amen.